Welcome back to the Non-Standard 14er Podcast, the podcast that tells you everything the root description leaves out about hiking Colorado's 14ers. I'm sitting around my dining room table. I'm with CTP, Colorado Trail Patrick. Hey. Jaster Jack. Howdy. Tay Jack. Yo. And we got Cloud joining the podcast again. What up? I wanted to ask you if there was any point on the PCT where you wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the... Times that really made me think about quitting all had to do with the physical struggle. It's funny, I remember pretty recently in Wrightwood, California, me and two friends had been invited to a stranger's house for dinner in this town, a Trail Angels house, um, which was amazing. And we were having um, a dinner party with all these very like fascinated people um, who couldn't really believe what we were doing and thought it was so cool. Um, and one lady was like, well, you guys just must be in, in the best physical shape of your lives, and you must be so healthy. I couldn't imagine anything healthier than you're what you're doing. Oreos in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and just broken down. Yeah. And... But it like, wasn't only that. You know, here I am. Like, I've lost 15 pounds. My friend has lost 15 pounds. We're both thin women. Um, our feet are just ripped apart, covered in blisters. Like, everyone's got chafe and scars <laughs> and scabs. And, like, yeah. I mean, I had, um, I reached a point where... I physically thought that I could not keep going just because of how much I wanted to pass out while hiking every day because I was so tired and so malnourished. Wow. And I hit my low point in um, Bishop, California, which is right after we had gone into the high Sierras. So the part I had been looking forward to for the whole trail. The Sierras had started. I had just been hoping that all of my um, angst would go away in the Sierras, and it didn't. It just got worse because physically it was getting harder. And it was all, you know, coming from the fact that I was, like, having to push myself so hard mentally to just put one foot in front of the other. And I went into Bishop, and I was, I told my friend, I was like, I think I'm going to quit. I think I'm going to get off the trail. And then... Um, How many miles is that in, like, as far as... Two, so many. <laughs> it was over halfway, right? Well over yeah. halfway, yeah. yeah. Probably had, I had less than a thousand to go at that point, certainly. And then I was like, are you really quitting the trail? No, obviously, you're not. You need to make a plan, though. So I took two days off in Bishop, and I bought all of the protein powder and protein bars and everything like that I could find. For weeks, almost everything that I ate had, like, 20 grams or more of protein in it. It was disgusting, Mm -hmm. but it saved my ass. Uh, I started taking the iron supplements and slowly bounced back. And looking back on it, like I was, I remember there were moments there I was so convinced that I, I should quit and like I had to quit and I had to get off trail and it was the right thing to do. But I don't think that like, I don't think I could have done that. You know, I'm just not, it, it, nowhere in my being is a person who would have quit the PCT. <laughs> so is that, do you feel like that's maybe like um, the highlight? Sort of like looking at the, at the low point mm-hmm. of your trail and then being able to pinpoint that and then saying where you actually push through like mm-hmm. your biggest barrier. Is that like the high point of your experience there? Yeah, that's my type two fun. Yeah, that's right? Nice. That's <laughs> well, well it's, and it's funny immersing yourself in the wilderness. I always, mm-hmm. I always say it'll always deliver the like, mm-hmm. it'll deliver you. You can go into a hole and it'll spit you out in a million pieces or mm-hmm. you can go into it in pieces and come out whole. Yeah. Well, and I was so, um, like, overly cocky going into the PCT. I thought that because I had done the CDT, I would be able to do this it's no longer. problem. It's longer, yeah. right? CDT is longer yeah. and harder. PCT mm-hmm. is, is, like, objectively easier and mm-hmm. pretty much every level. And how was your, your, your cardio going in, um, in the winter going in? I think it was fine. I think I was definitely in better shape starting the PCT than the CDT. 
Like, I, I was not a huge out, outdoor athlete before the CDT. And then after the CDT, I got really into, like, mountaineering and doing all these high routes and, like, intense backpacking, stuff I had never done before. So I thought I was super ready for the PCT. I thought I would kick the PCT's ass, and all the other hikers would be like, oh, my God, look at her go. How is she so amazing? Um, but as it turned out, I was, like, the slowest one and had a really, really hard time. And I'm actually kind of grateful that it all happened that way because it created a little mental hurdle for me to overcome and it did make it all that sweeter when I did Mm. for sure that's incredible what's the story behind your trail name cloud Mm mm-hmm um, it's not a great story. Oh, okay. It's, can anyone use it? Or I didn't like it. It was like a right of passage to call you Cloud. Or... No, you can call me Cloud. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Jace me. told me your name was actually Cloud. Mm, that's like, very Colorado. And so I said, I said, wow, her name's really Cloud. And he said, yeah, it's, it's really Cloud. And I said, so really, if I introduce myself and I, I'd say it's nice to meet you, Cloud, that's going to be your real name. <laughs> I was pulling your leg. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually a really good story. I know she's going to downplay it, but it actually really it makes sense. It's like this is one of the, one of the coolest trail names because of... Well, like you tell the story. Oh. We'll let the listeners judge. Because but... you, you can't give yourself a trail name. No. Nope. That's the rule, right? <laughs> so where did you get Cloud? So yeah, the, the rule with trail names, um, and I use rule with air quotes because anyone should be able to have whatever trail name they want. But traditionally... Other hikers have to give them to you based on what they perceive as like a trait or a funny story or just something that you do. Patrick um, was trying to be Big Dick Patrick because he was trying to use that as a... <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't catch on. BDT doing the CDPs, man. BDP. Oh, B- <laughs> BDP's out there again. Oh the I kept trying to get that to stick, but... <laughs> that, is, that is ridiculous. Every time we spend the time in the wilderness with people, they're like, oh, what's up with this BDP? <laughs> oh, my goodness. BDP, Big Dick Pepper Spirit. That's why I can't pee in front of people on the trail anymore. No. <laughs> or deer or elk. Or, yeah. Oh my gosh, I just want to hear how you got the name Cloud. This discussion, Mr. Karen, we're way off trail. We're on the wrong path, the talk is starting to derail. The convo is now in the wrong basin, and we're totally off route. So let's get it back to the mountain that this podcast is all about. Okay. I truly, it's not a good story. I doubt I've even told it to him. But um, I know I was on the CDT and I like several or twice in a row like missed the turn for the CDT marker and I like caught up to my friend and he was like, oh, you got your head in the clouds, huh? I feel like there was more to it when you told me that story, but no. no. Well, I like the name and I was the one who said it had to be clouds singular, not clouds. I like the name just because of what it implies, which is like an actual cloud. I love clouds. I love looking at clouds. I love getting high in the clouds or like the clouds yeah. and reading the weather patterns of the clouds to determine my hiking. I just like the fact that it alludes to the point that you actually missed trail signs because you, oh, were, yeah, yeah. you, were, you were lost in... The grandeur of your surroundings. The grandeur of Including New staring up in the clouds and just... Because yeah. I've done yeah. that. Who hasn't done that when you're hiking yeah. for a long period of time and you're just kind of paying attention to stuff and you're like... I've, I've gone miles down the wrong trail before mm-hmm. because I'm like, oh. I swear I've teleported yeah. before because it's like, how did I get here? Is that This IRL? is amazing. Yeah, that's just okay. Like, <laughs> like okay. the, the mental space mm-hmm. you have to be in to... Yeah. I think that's why I thought it was a cool name because it's like... My wife tried to call me cow pie. Because I made her drink water that had cow pies in it. Better than feeding. There was literally no other water around for miles, so 
Or BDP. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm going to get that to stick one of these days. But we call you CDP, right? Call CD, he, he started calling me CTP. CTP. Yeah. There's so many acronyms in this podcast. We so if you call Cal Pi. Patrick. Cal, I, yeah, she wanted to call CPP? me Cal Pi. Cal Pi Patrick? Yeah. CPP. <laughs> He's calling me Colorado Trail Pat because I, I probably bring it up all the time over right? I'm like, oh, one time at band camp kind of a thing. Like it's one time on the Colorado Trail. <laughs> You call me short rope, so I don't think we call it short. Yeah, short rope stuffler. Yeah, short rope. If you get a trail name that you don't like, can you just discredit Ooh. it and and like? You have to you, accept your trail name. You have it's to. a two way street. Yeah. So it's wow. not it's not like real nicknames in real life because sometimes you get stuck with those and you're stuck. Like, I never wanted to be I never wanted to be VDP. <laughs> yeah, but, right. <laughs> but it just stuck. But hey, when it's given to you, like, what do you do? You know. I mean, your trail name is something you're going to be introducing yourself to new people as. <laughs> For what the next couple it? months. That's why you have to accept it. And is there a ceremony like a Yeah, there is. Torture like a, a <laughs> There's a very or... important ceremony in which someone says, Do you accept this trail name? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll tell you guys want to hear the best one from the yes. PCT. Yes. So <laughs> the best trail name story from the PCT and in the world. Um, <laughs> in northern Washington, I had been hiking with, as I mentioned, a group of friends that I met. Um, you know, there were a bunch of us, there were, uh, there was a young couple from Detroit, but then the rest of them were all international, um, from like New Zealand and Canada and Switzerland. And then there were three guys from the Czech Republic. Um, and we are all hanging out in the inn at Snoqualmie Pass where they have a hot tub and a sauna. So most of us are just kind of like sitting by the hot tub, drinking beers and chilling. But the three Czech guys are all about the sauna. They only want the sauna. Um, so they just keep going in and out. They'll be like all in the sauna together talking in Czech. And then they'll all head out in their towels onto the like deck. So they like walk past the hot tub and onto this deck um, where they chill outside, drinking the beer under the light of the full moon. And at one point, one of the guys, it, it gets late in the night. People are like drinking a lot of beer. And one of the, this like middle-aged Czech dude um, who had told us, you know, he's like um, on the trail to like get a break from his kids and stuff. (laughs) He comes out um, and walks uh, carrying his beer directly into the screen door, like into the glass door, not seeing that it's there. And the towel drops around his knees and the light of the full moon shines into the room to illuminate it's gotta be full moon. It's full moon, yeah. Oh, full moon. That's a good one. Which which makes sense though. Like that, people would not like your grandma wouldn't and your mom wouldn't yeah. think like full moon's like about actually mooning. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't know him that well at this time. And you know there was a little bit of like, oh, like we're all young. He's like a grown up. Is he gonna want the full moon name? The full moon. <laughs> but but no. That, yeah. And he was like, I accept. He loved it. He introduced himself that way. And then later on in the trail. You know, he, we had, we're in different parts of the trail by now, but we saw online a picture of him carrying a banner that said, you can't stop full moon. Oh, oh nice. yeah. that's awesome. That's cool. So how, like, and this is, you brought up a really, you know, you, you triggered a really good point there is this guy was out there to get away from his kids. And I've talked to people that through hike to like, I don't want people around me. Escape. I'm out there for isolation. Mm-hmm. I want to be the solitude of this. Just going to ask that. And... As you're on the trail like this, I just, you know, one of your blog posts at the end was about all the friendships that you made and Mm -hmm. that maybe there's days you want them to, you know, GTF away Mm -hmm. from you, but there's also days where you're so happy to have your company. Like what's, what are your think, what's your thinking going into it versus part of the way through it versus at the end when you have, as, as opposed to like, you know, with having other hikers around? 
I had hoped that the PCT would be more solitary than it was. Mm-hmm. I chose to go southbound because people said you would get an opportunity for alone time um, if you hiked the trail that way. I think it, for people who wanted alone time, it was a bit of an unfortunate year because so many of the people who had headed north that spring had skipped over the Sierras oh. in the snow. What's that called? Um, skipping. Oh. They're skipping Flip-flop. and then they're flipping. <laughs> skipping. <but> yeah. <laughs> but if you're flipping, you then start heading the opposite way down. If you're skipping, you just leap, oh, wow. skip. So it was an unfortunate year for that just because we had like two months, three months of running into anywhere from like 20 to 70 northbound hikers a day. Whoa. That, that's kind of a ballpark, but yeah. It was, it was so many. to you? Well, they're hiking north. Northbound, and so you're crossing. Awesome. Yeah, 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 I got you. Um, so the f- trail felt a little crowded at first because of that. Um, but then once that thinned out, it was very possible to like hike alone and feel like you really were alone. So in the Sierras, I hiked alone for a little bit after my low point in Bishop because I was like, I need to be doing really slow days and just savor this. And my friends were kind of trying to raise ahead because they were worried about the weather. And then I caught up with them pretty fast, luckily, and we kept hiking together. And then towards the very end of the trail, I was just like, you know, I, I came here for like a different experience than what I've had. And like, I wouldn't have, I would never trade the friends that I've made, but I need to go off on my own for like a week and hike by myself and be alone all the time. Because that is something that I had hoped for when I came out here that I've almost mm. not gotten at all. Um, and I did, and it was beautiful and magical and Three days before the end, met up back with my friends, and we partied it on down to the border. I feel like most of the thru-hikers I know are fairly extroverted. Can you be kind of introverted or, you know, somebody that likes to keep to themselves and still have a successful trip? Maybe you know them because they're the extroverted thru-hikers. <laughs> this is a good point. <laughs> it's like a confirmation election. bias. Like I'm yeah. looking for it. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly my question I was going Maybe that they're the cool. ones that come on the podcast and talk about this it. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones that own the podcast. This is a compliment to you, but you're you're very yeah. extroverted, which is a great thing. Yeah. It seems like you like meeting friends and things like mm-hmm. that. Can you hike without making a ton of friends? And like, are there people that do that? Definitely. Yeah, there are definitely people that do that. Um, I think that when you're through hiking, uh, the sort of social rules around friendship and hanging out are not the same as they are back here, for instance. You know, I think I, I've met people on both trails that I did not interact with for very long mm. at all, but whom I like consider good friends and um, feel a strong bond with mm. um, because and especially on the CDT, it was like there were so few hikers out on that trail that if you ran into other hikers down there, you were going to sit and talk to them. Didn't matter right. if you were introverted or extroverted. It was like, oh, humans. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's>... Human contact. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, and then it's just like, there are also hikers you meet and like they're faster than you or you're faster than them and you have a nice chat once and never see them again. Hmm. So there's room for everything yeah. out there, I guess. Hmm. So would you say the expectation from having done the CDT first, going to the PCT, was that in your head a little bit when you started to see so many people? Were you thinking, because you said that you were you were hoping it was going to be a little, a little less crowded than it was, but mm-hmm. were you... Sort of mentally prepared for the fact that you might see 50, 70, 100 people a day. Yeah, absolutely. I knew that that's what happens on the PCT. I was, I was simply expecting that to be for less of a time span than it was. Right. I was expecting two or three weeks of that. 
not two or three months of that. Um, but it was fine. You know, I'm not here to, I'm not trying to trash talk tons of people hiking the PCT. I think everyone who wants to hike the PCT should get a chance yeah. to do it. There are a lot of issues with high use that I think that need to be addressed from like a leave no trace standpoint. Um, but getting people off of the trail is not ever a solution to that. No. Saying there should be less people on the trail is not a solution to that. Just education. Edu- <laughs> Don't ask me what the solution is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or is it other hikers holding each other accountable? Yeah. Is there like a code? Like if you see someone like not burying their shit, like do you call them out? Do you carry a shovel? I would, yeah. I don't. I just dig a hole with my trekking poles, which all, I would say more people have shovels than not, but yeah. I've never felt. That, that's one of those things, though, that like I've never had it. And I'm like, I've existed without it just fine. So I'm like, I don't feel the need to get that. But mm-hmm. I bet you if someone lends me a shovel one day and I use it. That'll be like, it. I can't, I can't go on without a shovel. <laughs> <sighs> Digging the cat hole is like a rite yeah. of passage out there. Yeah. 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 Surprisingly, I did not see, except in the very like high use day touristy areas, I did not see a lot of human shit on the PCT. Maybe I just wasn't looking hard enough. It was more things like mice. Just like every campsite in Washington and for a lot of Oregon was just riddled with mice. Hmm. Mice are a problem I had never encountered while backpacking People before. Dropping food. Yeah. yeah. And I, had, I, but I, even in Colorado, you don't see that. Not as much. Like, no. I, 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 I would have assumed that if it had, if it was a big problem, it would be a problem here. I've never encountered that in Colorado, not once. And I get to Washington and it's like every night, you know, like I told you guys earlier, a mouse chewed through my tent. They were, I got so little sleep in Washington because I was just staying, I hadn't discovered earplugs then. (laughs) I was just staying up late listening for mice and hearing them most of the time and scaring them off. So sewing kit, earplugs, what what other items do you have that you wouldn't think, you would think of for through hiking, but you needed? Um, Let's see. Duct tape? Earplugs, duct tape, Luco tape. Oh yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Luco tape is life. Anywhere without um, it, yeah, ever, yeah. P rag, no, uh, P rag oh, is a little like for me, it's just a little scrap of bandana, but you can buy them too. That you attach on the outside of your back and or use it to like wipe when you pee. Mm-hmm. If you're a person with like a vulva, That's so much sense. BDP don't carry no P rag. No. <laughs> <laughs> the P rag I discovered was really clutch in like Colorado because you hang it on the outside of your pack and the sun dries it in like five seconds, so it's. That totally clean. Yeah. But then I went to Washington where it rains every day. Uh, and I was like, oh, gross. Maybe I should stop using this. Yeah. Really? The SPR, yeah. the saturated P-Reg. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so many acronyms. I'm so... Oh, yeah. I can't even keep PCT. up. PCT. PCT. Do you listen to music or podcasts or So I am... I'm the one through hiker that I've ever met that does not listen to music or podcasts on the trail. Oh, yeah. Really? Do you have headphones? Do you carry I don't do that. No, I didn't. So I have never carried headphones. I've never listened to music or podcasts. And then for the last 100 miles of the PCT, I decided I was going to. And I got some headphones and I listened to some music. It was because I was trying to hike a 40-mile day. I was like, I need something different for this. What did you listen to? Do you do poetry Um, or what's the mental? How do you plod... I just have my thoughts. People, I say that and people think it's weird. I don't know. There's the clouds, bro. Come on. I totally appreciate that because I'm, I'm one of those people that I can drive for hours and hours mm-hmm. and not listen to anything in the car. Just windshield time. And I, I, I think 
you know, that just I've never being tried with your, that. Just being with your thoughts yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So when you did listen to music, what did you mm-hmm. listen to? What was the first thing you queued up? You want to guess? Um, the Rocky, <laughs> the Rocky sound <laughs> over and over. <laughs> I listened to the new Lumineers album that had come out while I was on the trail, and then I realized that wasn't like happy trail music enough. Yeah. So I downloaded a playlist from Spotify called "Songs to Sing in the Car." Well, that's a good <gasps> that's one. A we love that one. <laughs> yeah, Fucking John Denver on it. Come on. It's got all those ones. The new Vampire Weekend album that came out while I was on the trail. That also wasn't happy enough. <laughs> It turns out that almost none of the music I like is happy enough for hiking. Um. <laughs> I've never listened to music. I, I tried it while I was climbing a 14er once, and it I didn't it just didn't hit with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you ever done it? I do it when I'm mountain biking. I can't do it when I'm hiking or ski touring. Yeah. It's I've like I'm out there to be silent. Mm-hmm. And that's so funny, too, though, because when, other, when I talk to other hikers about this, aside from what do you think about, they always say, I don't know how I could ever do a thru-hike without music and podcasts. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, well, you know, people used to. You play in your head. like that. That's what I do. When I'm like backpacking for many miles, I have a song in my head and yeah. I will sing it in my head. I will too. I will play yeah. guitar riffs even if it's just like, mm, you know. And I, I, I find a rhythm when I'm walking with it. It's like, weird. Yeah. Technically, isn't that's this anti-wilderness? Right? What? Not if it's headphones. If it's headphones. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. But, but do you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the, you know, even CFI, they won't take chainsaws up. Well, but Only that's like a mechanized. Yeah. yeah, but so a pod, you... uh, but like a phone is mechanized. I'm just saying, like, isn't no, that? No, phones are allowed. I, I know, I know they're allowed. But I'm just saying, it's that. interesting, right? Like, yeah. yeah, pointing out that there is technology in the wilderness. There's technology in the wilderness. Yeah. Right. Hunters use uh, GPS. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's technically not necessarily the primitive tools mm-hmm. okay, with boomer. which I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that the the, the primitive That's tools true. with which wilderness is so founded on, like we allow phones, we allow GPS, we allow music, we allow whatever. But we don't allow chainsaws, yeah. we don't allow bikes, we don't allow... You that's know what I mean? Right. So I'm I just saying that wilderness is kind of interesting that way, that it allows some technology mm-hmm. and not all As long technology. as it's not infringing on others and, and mm-hmm. the uh, habitat, like, I guess. Dr- like, like drones. So, mm-hmm. Like drones, they're banned from wilderness areas. Yeah. They should burn all ex- like Bluetooth speakers that like you can clip to your backpack. Those should be outlawed. That's Completely. a good question. Did you, you walk by anybody on the those. trail that was actually playing external music? Fucking no Because I've happened that. I, yes. That? Should, I, that's I, happened to me once, and I was like, are you seriously death. playing that's music terrible. out loud? So, go on Beerstat any weekend. You'll see oh, I'm sure that is the norm now, right? Yeah. What I said was fucking Nobos. Nobo stands for northbounder or person oh. who's heading from Mexico to Canada. For some reason, all of the northbounders that we walked past, all like 75 per day of them, were like playing music really? like pretty softly on their speakers. But out loud, and like my theory about that was that they were afraid of mountain lions, and they thought that the music <laughs> That's would ward away the mountain lions. Or they started in Cali, and they're just in their yeah. Chill I think they fried their bur- yeah, fried their brain in you know, New Mexico desert, and no, or in the Cali desert. Huh. I want to be understanding of people who come to places like Beerstadt, like you were mentioning, and have wilderness experiences, but don't necessarily have like the wilderness educational background. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that like. I, I try not to hate on people for, for choices like that, especially if I have never had a conversation with them about it point. or expressed anything to them about the way that it makes me feel. Just because, like, and I fall into this so often when I talk about through hiking, but I really, really don't want to be one of those douchebags who judges the choices other people make when they're out in the woods trying to have fun. Right. But... 
you know, and then the music is hard. Like the music is where it gets really, really tricky um, mm-hmm. because it does impact other people's experiences. And if I asked every Nobo to turn down their fucking music, I would never make it to Mexico. <laughs> You'd lose your voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think talk about like the same reason that I sometimes like to carry a gun, like to not rob me of the joy of the moment. Like mm-hmm. I think you can you can rob yourself of a lot of joy just by worrying about what other people are mm-hmm. doing and I'm really prone to that. And it's something I'm trying to work on is like, okay, it's his prerogative. Like it drives me crazy, but in thirty seconds it's not gonna matter. Yeah. So That's exactly what I tell myself with the yeah. music people. Yeah. And like and if it continues to matter after thirty seconds, that's a whole other problem. But right. it never does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a great point. Or dogs off leash. That pisses mm-hmm. me off, but you'll be gone in two minutes, whatever. So but that, that's to, a whole uh, other yeah. defining trail angel. That's right. what, I was reading your blog and you saw that the trail angel dropped a hundred gallons of water in the one section of the, like the New Mexico what? desert. You know, mm-hmm. I either hiked or four wheeler those in or it was on a dirt road, so I okay. assume brought him in a pickup or something. How'd yeah. <laughs> you know they were for you? Was it labeled? Or? Yes, very clearly. So there's a lot of different kinds of um, trail angels and trail magic in the world. Um, I think on the CDT, I experienced a much simpler definition where, you know, as through hikers, anything that anyone does for us that's nice is trail magic. And that person is a trail angel. Okay. So if you like to be as little as what? What's the least least effort to be a trail angel and the most effort? <laughs> um, he's, he's looking at a new career. <laughs> so if you're in your pickup truck driving down the dirt road and you see some hikers road walking and you hand them a soda or a beer, then that's trail magic. Um, at least on the CDT it was. On the CDT, anything that anyone did for us was trail magic. And then I got to the PCT this past summer. I feel like these acronyms are going to be hard for the it listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I got to the PCT this summer, and it turns out that on the PCT there is a very like specific and established culture of trail magic and trail angels that comes from the other trail, the Appalachian Trail as well. In this, trail angels are not so much random kind humans. They're like self-appointed um, and they, you know, give themselves various jobs to help out hikers. Some of them host hikers in their homes. They'll just invite wow. strangers um, into their homes to sleep there with their families. They'll feed them. Um, some trail angels will offer rides in a somewhat structured way to and from trailheads. So that instead of just hitchhiking, you can like call someone whose number you got off the gut hook app to give you a ride. And they will sometimes set up like little stations of trail magic. I experienced this only once or twice, but I think the Northbounders got it a lot because um, that's when more of the people are coming through. Fucking Nobos. nobos. Fucking Nobos. Thank, <laughs> thank God that caught on. Seriously, IRL. <laughs> Fucking <man>. Nobos. <laughs> so Acronym of death. We're, this is yeah. going to be the title of this podcast. It's going to be all the acronyms in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. But yeah, so they'll set up little stations, and it'll be anything from like handing out sodas to like cooking for people, cooking for hikers in the wow. random middle of the wilderness. The best trail magic I think that anyone could probably imagine um, was when I was in northern Washington. My CDT friend, Axe, who I'd met on the, uh, the other trail, who lives in Tacoma, came out and cooked uh, for myself and a group of seven, seven others, I think, or six other friends. And, you know, Washington was miserable. It was rainy. It was just another gray day at Chinook Pass. It said we were in Mount Rainier National Park, but we couldn't see Mount Rainier anywhere. And he shows up and like, I had been, you know, texting him that we were going to arrive there. And 
we didn't know what to expect. We were like, maybe he'll have hot dogs. Oh, maybe he'll have burgers. And he pulls up and he unloads this whole feast. And he's like this like slow cooked pulled pork shoulder and oh, um, oh. like homemade uh, wow. some sort of veggie medley and baked beans and oh, um, potato salad. No tacos, but uh. but everything good in the world. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like tacos. So awesome. And just like beers and Gatorade and cherries. <laughs> it was wow. spontaneous, <laughs> spontaneous, slow roasted slow roast. pork. Uh. Um, that on, when you're and, on the trail and you come across something like that, though, that's it's the greatest thing ever. Right? It was the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing um, ever. Because we had been just like drenched with rain and struggling through one of the hardest parts of the PCT for days and days and days with no end in sight. Like Washington, the stretches are long. You're, you know, and it was the beginning of the trail for us. So we were going five days without food, which doesn't seem like a whole lot now, but seems like a lot back then. Um, I couldn't do five days without food. <laughs> restock, right? Restock, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So we were going five days in between <laughs> yeah. resupplies. Um, but what an aptly named Trail Magic and Trail Angels. Angels. What? Yeah. How? That's so perfect. What a perfect name for those people. But if you lived in Denver, could you be a Trail Angel? Yeah, anybody could be. Depends on really how far you want to drive. Say, where would you go? What would you do? Like, like order like forty Chipotle burritos and just sit on like my Antero and Good. wait for people to come through and be like. Yes. Chipotle burrito. She's like, that's that, exactly. That would be amazing. That's great. Yeah. Cool. If that's the so, day I'm climbing Antero. Yeah. And a lot of it's chance, right? Like, um, yeah. well, Antero is not on the Colorado Trail or no. the <laughs> CDT. It's close. Browns Creek would, is off. Yeah. You, you would want to find fun, somewhere yeah. that directly crosses the trail. We were, yeah. we're Mount Massive does, right? Yeah, so it crosses so the Half Moon Trailhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody there. Yeah. So if you're in Leadville, you could you could be a trail magic. You could do the both. Yeah. Usually, you would probably want to stop at a pass, um, or like one of like Half Moon Trailhead, as I just mentioned, is on the South Albert Trailhead is on the CDT. Um, there's like Tennessee Pass, of course, and like Cottonwood Pass and Monarch Pass are all on the trail too. But from there, people can get to and from town easily, so it's not quite as special. Um, you're only half angel. Yeah, only half magic. Yeah, it's, half still magic. magic. It's, it's still magic. It's still magic. Let's can um, talk about how many, how many um, 14 years you come close to when you're on the... CDT? Yeah. So the first one, if you're heading north on the CDT, which is what I did, the first one that you come close to is San Luis Peak. Which um, is real You have to go to that pass, right? I mean, you're I mean, on the shoulder. You, yeah. All you have to do is go It's up a and really down. short side trip, which I didn't do on uh, the CDT because it was covered in storm clouds. But, but I've been on that section and... and it's all above tree line for so many miles yeah. that if you if you do do that side route, you could put yourself. in No, the, I was hitting it in mid afternoon. It would have been far too dangerous. Yeah, but you that is <laughs> that's, like actively storm clouds on that mountain. I was I'm not pretty sure outside of actually going over the top of Gray's Peak, which is the Continental Divide, right? Is that mm-hmm. that trail? Is San Luis is I think the closest summit beyond mm-hmm. going over that. It's not physically on the it's trail, yeah. It's not physically yeah. on the trail. A lo- yeah. Most people do Albert. Close um, to Albert, okay. It goes right past the half mo- or the South Albert Trailhead. Yeah, it'd be close to Massive then too, right? Yeah. But people don't do that one, I guess, because it's not the tallest not the in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. But it can't be much more effort than Albert. I mean, if you're trail. already doing Albert, doing another 14er is a lot more Oh, same day, yeah. When I do yeah. Massive... It's I, a different mindset. I camped next to a guy that was doing the CDT, and he was just... Asian guy that could barely speak English, and he managed to tell me his trail name and that he was doing massive one day, and then Albert the next, and then going into Leadville. He was trying to bag both of them with like a forty-pound pack, and wow, 
It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's it's a great side trip for anybody doing the Colorado Trail or the Continental Divide Trail mm-hmm. because there's there's so many, especially like through the Sawatch is where you do run through. You do you are I mean Antero would be a long day trip because we were on it, but you saw how long of a day that would. Be. Yeah, and right. and you go right oh, through wow. the Angel Shivano Trailhead on on the Collegiate East. Well, that was so my story. I didn't climb any 14ers on the CDT. I was going to climb Girl San Luis. <laughs> I was going to climb San Luis, but then the weather made that obviously impossible. And then by the time I reached the Collegiates, I hurt my knee really, really bad. I wasn't going to do Albert because I had already done Albert. And Massive wasn't even really a consideration because no one was doing that. <laughs> That's a little bit Huron is also track. really close. Huron's yeah. also right off the trail right there. Um, and oh, I've yeah, never Lake heard Anne. of anyone doing that. Yeah. Lake and Licka is exactly where and I hurt my knee. And there's the three apostles. There's mm-hmm. Huron right there. So pretty. But you have also done a traverse, right? Of the, in the Sangres? Not a very long or full traverse, but yeah, I started a traverse in the Sangres. Tell me about that. And something I've been wanting to do for a really long time, because when I was working on that trail crew um, down in the Sangre de Cristos, I remember one morning we were uh, driving north from the sand dunes, and I was looking out at sort of like the silhouette of everything, and I was like, oh, I see the crest stones, and like... I actually kind of know this mountain range. Isn't that cool? Um, quiz, what mountains are on my arms? Ooh, know? I was, you know what? I was actually going to guess that. So for all the listeners, she actually has this gorgeous topo on her arm um, that is it's really Crony pretty. Lake. It's, got, it's like... It's gonna be you're in the ballpark. Blanca. Helen, uh, little Bear. The Lake Como? You're so close. So Is that Lindsay. Willow Lake? Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was Willow Which Lake one? and Kit Carson. And yeah, it's Willow Lake, oh, Challenger, wow. and the mountain known as Kit Carson, even it's though Kit really Carson was great. like a genocidal freak. But yeah, anyway, so I got this tattoo because the first time I ever visited Colorado, I went backpacking to Willow Lake. I climbed Challenger Point. It was my first 14er. I had just like a really like watershed experience where I was like, oh, this is a very, very pure kind of happiness. People who live in Colorado get to feel this all the time. I could move to Colorado, and then I did. And then I was on the trail crew, and we were driving out of the sand dunes, and I was looking at the silhouette, and I asked my crew leader, does anyone do like a full traverse of that ridge line? And he said, no way, (laughs) that's impossible. No trail. So there's no trail, um, and there's no water. So I thought, huh, and I just sat and watched the sunrise over the ridge line. And then I thought about it for years. My, ver- my very first backpacking trip here, I did just Challenger. And then the next summer, I came back and did Challenger and Kit. Um, did and you then, use the canoe there by the... Mm-hmm. The People's the, Canoe. The Boy Scouts. The, yeah. I lugged it up there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in that canoe several times. My dog has been in that canoe. So I've actually... I've hiked to Willow Lake 12 times. Holy and I've climbed shit. Challenger Point four times. The steep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Huh. It's it's my favorite <laughs> hike. That <laughs> was never one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so but you twice. saw you yeah. saw this ridge and mm-hmm. you had this vision of how can I yeah how be- can I link this all together? Because I had you know people had told me a little bit about the geology of it too and just seeing the Sangres how they are so dramatic in contrast to most of the mountain ranges in Colorado because they're younger they're pointier they're sexier um, and they really are I just. <laughs> had the vision of myself doing that for such a long time and I don't even know why and I didn't even think it was very serious until a couple years ago when I 
started actually like doing more like, you know, mountaineering stuff and climbing 14ers and doing mountaineering routes that were not um, just trails. And I was sure. like, oh, maybe there isn't a trail, but maybe you don't need one. Good for um, you. That's exciting. And then I actually heard that there are other people who had done this, who had done a full traverse of the Sangre Range. And I was like, well, now I'm definitely going. So what's the um, south and north? What's the full Sangre Traverse? People right? mean Colorado. They don't mean all the way into New Mexico. So, yeah. so what's the it's south? Like, went, so what's the Methodist terminus speak? on the north? Yeah. Methodist Peak? Methodist would be the northern terminus. And the southern terminus for me was going to be Blanca. Um, okay. I think maybe. maybe. What's, what's the Indian name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cisnagene is the Navajo name for it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, but what we call Blanca Peak is one of the four sacred peaks, or yeah. four major sacred peaks to the Navajo Nation. Um, the other ones are in New Mexico, uh, Utah, and Arizona, I believe. But it's one of the 14. So. Yeah, Blanca Peak, one of the 14ers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a southern. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you started north, going south. Started north, going south. Yeah, started on Methodist Mountain. Um, with a friend of mine, didn't make it very far um, before he decided that he was going to bail. So we hitched into Crestone and then slept in Crestone and woke up the next morning to find that the range was covered in snow. This was the first week of September. So yeah, your blog talks about you were in like a coffee shop and like you heard like a stranger mm-hmm. come in and say, like, did you see the Crestone's got snow? And you're like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it sucks because we had camped, like, you know, we had come into town, like he was, we had gone, gone into Crestone to get his car and he was going to drop me off back at the trailhead so I could keep going. Um, and I stayed up all night and it was like pouring down rain and I was like, wow, this is just like not ideal. Good thing we're kind of in town, I guess. And then we went to the coffee shop in the morning and that happened. Yeah. I was already, I was feeling sick for unrelated like, reasons, so I was like lying you, down in the bench. You took medication on an empty stomach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You can check out my blog. blog. <laughs> yeah, seriously, go read her blog. Yeah, no, I, I took like uh, sinus medication and an empty stomach, so I already felt like I was dying. Um, so I was lying down on this bench in the coffee shop waiting for it to pass, oh. and then I hear this guy come in and say that there's snow on the Crestones, and... Was he nude? <laughs> I didn't know because I was lying down on the bench. Oh, okay. it was, well, it doesn't matter because it was not full moon. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big nudie know. colony down there. <laughs> it was horrible though. Like I was really devastated because that one instance of snow that so happened to kill my trip in the Sangres was the only was the first and like only snow of that fall. Then for like month for a month after that, it didn't snow. <laughs> Five days later, it was beautiful and sunny again. But this is different. This is this is you're staying above tree line yeah. for an extended period of time on a trail that's not there. So you're yeah, there's no trail. Talus hopping over. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're plodding and putting mm-hmm. your 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 earphones in, listening to a podcast, and then cruising yeah. twenty miles. No, it's it's completely different. It's not even really that comparable to through hiking. But it, I loved it. That was the kind of challenge that I was extremely up for, you know, the kind of thing where you wouldn't even think about listening to music because it's taking your mental energy as well as your physical energy. Um, that, it turns out, is something that I maybe enjoy even more than just hiking. So you your trip got cut short a little bit. Yeah, we, we didn't get to do very much of it at all. So, Three days or yeah. 
So will you ever revisit Ooh. that as a journey? Next summer? I hope to do it as soon as I can, yeah. That's awesome. Um, the problem is water, right? Is that the biggest issue? Well, this was the weird like blessing and a curse of it, was that, yes, water is a huge issue, um, and there's no way to get water without dropping way off the crest into those lakes on the side. That's the end of your day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if you have snow, you can melt it, though. So that, yeah. there's yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's but there was no there. snow. I imagined yeah. that it was going to be like scorching sun, and that I and I was nervous. I was like, I'm either going to have to carry like six liters of water all the time, but like, how is that possible? But like, I just didn't know. I was like, what, what are we going to sure. do? And it turns out that it was so cold and yeah. windy, windy and somewhat damp for the entire duration of the trip that I would carry up three liters of water for the day and not even need them. Mm. It was yeah. I hiked in my puffy more on that trip at the very first few days of September than I have on any other trip ever. I think the one constant I saw in the Sangre de Cristos climbing all the 14ers is that was, every single one of them was like, this is the windiest 14er I've been on. And the next one, this is the windiest 14er I've been on. Like we got Kit Carson, it knocked my wife and over, you know, she knocked us on our asses. It was, wind was blowing so hard and that's when one of the days was a fire started and, and it, I mean, it's, so windy because of the San Luis Valley and those winds kicking that, hence the sand dunes being there because it's pulling all that oh, right, right up and it hits and then drops right there. But it's so windy, so, so, so windy. And you don't think of it because it's such an arid kind of desert mountain landscape. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking like, I thought the same thing, the sand, the sand grades, when you're down at a lower elevation, you're like, this is such a dry, like brushy, thorny, like inhospitable, like landscape. And then... You get up high and it's cold, it's windy, and storms are moving in just like every 14er, right? And then. Well, Cloud, so you have hiked the Colorado Divide Trail. Continental, Continental Divide Trail. Trail. Which is, which, which, let's talk about that real quick. Continental Divide Trail. This is all the acronyms. <laughs> I just want to, the Colorado. If you do the Continental. BDP, Big Dick Patrick. <laughs> if you do We're the Continental editing. Divide Trail, you've done most of the Colorado Trail. Three, that 300 out of 500 miles. Yeah. So would you ever consider doing just the Colorado? Would you leave my house oh. right now, jump on the South Platte, hike to Durango? Yeah, what is it pay? Tonight. What is it pay? <laughs> right? I like it. Are you covering the cost of my trip? Yeah. <laughs> Who's asking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would hike the Colorado Trail if there was like a reason to, yeah. I mean, I think that... You've done most of it. I've done most of it. What, I've also what, done... What sections haven't you done? I've only not done the end. Which is Breckenridge to like Denver or? The other end. I've only not done wherever it leaves in Silverton from the CDT to the very end. I actually have done the just Colorado Trail from Denver to Georgia Pass. Yeah. I have hiked that simply in sections on my own. you left in downtown like urban Denver? Waterton Canyon. Yeah, it starts in Littleton. So you've seen it when you've been on the trail, the the train from Durango to Silverton, the narrow gauge. Yeah. So that Elk Creek. That Elk Creek stop that's right by Needleton. You know, you get off of Needleton to go up Chicago Basin to do the, uh, you know, the great 14ers there. That you actually, Elk Creek is where you would get off to do the Colorado Trail or meet up with the Continental Divide Trail and go off that direction through the Wabanucci. Does it go? Sort of in that area. It's not exactly at that point, but. The split on the Colorado Trail, east or west of the Sawatch. In the the Collegiate? Yeah. West. Oh, yeah. Um, So the CDT is Collegiate West. But then Colorado Trail, you choose, right? You can pick, pick either one, and I've done both, and that's yeah. why it's great because when you get to Twin Lakes, as you're like you head up Independence Pass, 
You you actually go around the lake, and on once once you're on the south side of the lake, you can choose. You either go mm-hmm. there's a sign. You either go left, and you go as you're facing that. You're going southbound, right? Sobo. You can you can go that direction, and it's the collegiate east, and you're you're very much closer to Buena Vista. It's drier. It's you know it's a little different. And then you go on the collegiate west, which shares the Continental Divide Trail, which is very much mm-hmm. higher in elevation, a uh, mm-hmm. lot less people. Uh, super super cool. Mount Hope Pass is where you actually go up. It's where they do the Leadville. Leadville 100 goes up and back on that, too. So to rephrase, Cloud, you have done the Continental Divide Trail, mm-hmm. the Pacific Crest Trail. You have done multiple 14ers, double-digit 14ers. You are a lover of the outdoors. We so appreciate you coming and chatting with us and sharing all about your through hikes and some of your tips and tricks. Um, this has just been so awesome so thank you so much yeah thank you for having me this has been really fun it's nothing but a through hiker likes more than talking about the through hike <laughs> number awesome. two is actually doing the through hike <laughs> love that so for anyone who wants to continue to follow cloud and all of her incredible adventures where can our listeners follow you um, I am actually still finishing up all of my blog posts from the PCT on adventuresofcloud.com my Instagram is adventures.of.cloud. All right, give her a follow, you guys.